Hour number two, good to have you on board today. The Bill Michaels Show. Active. We're here. We didn't call in today. We're here. Tomorrow, yeah. Going to leave here today and head to La Crosse, and hopefully the weather permits and uh, lets me get through. I, I don't care if it takes me 10 hours to get there, as long as I can get there. So tomorrow, don't forget, we're going to be at Flipside Pub and Grill. Flipside Pub and So tomorrow, you will have been in your house for 24 hours. You're going to be digging out. You're going to want to get out and do something. So tomorrow night, don't forget, we are going to be at Flipside Pub and Grill. The Bill Michaels Huddle, 6 to 8 tomorrow night. We're going to be in La Crosse, so we're really looking forward to it. It is our last our last time uh, doing the huddle out and about, we got a couple of huddles left, and then uh, we have, obviously, the watch party coming up this weekend for the Packers and the Cowboys. But then uh, the next time we're out is going to be live from Las Vegas, where uh, we're going to be covering Super Bowl 58. And it's going to be myself and uh, Erica, who's been our floor producer now for, I think, like 14 years. And uh, Grant Bill's going to be joining us for the first time on the trip. Mike Clemens is going to be there again. So we're all going to be out there uh, covering it. We've got uh, some charity winners that are going with us. We always give away a trip every year uh, at a charity event that uh, we host, and uh, it, it's always it's always great. It's it's great if we get people that can come and enjoy it. We had a guy last year. His name was Brent, and his son came with him. And his son, uh, God, I think he was eight, nine, ten years old, something like that. Um, and his son had his birthday out in Arizona. And then, as a matter of fact, Brent just posted a few things on my Facebook page where he got to meet J.J. Watt, and he got to meet Emmett Smith, and he got to meet all these different, you know, players. And they had just the trip of a lifetime that his, his son still talks about. So this year we've got some more charities, charity winners going with us, so which is just awesome. A friend of mine, Craig, actually won it. Uh, him and his wife are going to come out and spend some time with us uh, starting on the week of uh, Super Bowl Wednesday. So, and then we've got uh, all the pageantry that goes along with it that we're going to be covering. We're going to be covering opening night. Uh, and we're going to do a ton of social media this year. We're on so many platforms this year as opposed to the years past. So we are on TikTok. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. Uh, we are on Twitch TV, Kick TV, LinkedIn TV. We are on X. We are, just, we are across the board with social media. And so uh, follow us because we're going to try to bring you a lot of stuff behind the scenes and we may even have more for you. Wink. So uh, just to let you know that we're going to be uh, kind of covering it top to bottom for Super Bowl 58 out in Las Vegas. So really looking forward to that. What, uh, what can I ask? Not to do this yes. on air, but if, if we have a floor producer and you're going to be yes. there and Mike comes in, what, what do you need from me during the show out in Las Vegas? What can I provide? Here's, How do I prepare? Here, this is this is the reason you 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 need to go. Here's, here's two reasons why. One is um, because... Uh, Erica gets off with, you know, into other areas where she'll run off with a booker or an agent or somebody and she's trying to book somebody. And then people come to the table like, why am I? I'm on the air because it's just it's usually just her and I uh, or like uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Kristen is there with us. But you get so many people that start to come to the table. They want to book a guest or have a guest for you. So you always need an extra person. And this is what I did years ago, Grant, and this is how I kind of figured all of this out. Um, and, and then the second aspect of that is uh, facial recognition because Erica is not a sports fan, or she's a sports fan, but she's not, this is not what she does for a living. She's a marketer. She markets properties and, and, uh, and apartment management and for all these companies all over the country that send her off to all these different places where she does all this uh, you know, digital marketing and, and social media marketing 
for places that they need to rent, like high-end luxury apartments or hotels or Airbnb or Verbo. That's what she does. She does the marketing for them. So she's not technically a sports person. So there are times where I will say during a commercial break, I say, hey, there's such and such, you know, uh, there goes C.J. Stroud. And go, go, go see if you can get his booker and see if we can get him on. Just, I'm just giving you an example. And then I go back on the air. Well, she'll get over and she goes, I don't see him. I don't know who he is. And so, you know, you'll have 10 people walk by and she won't know which one is C.J. Stroud in the group. So you'll know the faces. So I'm at least I'm, better, better than she will. I'm you, a little you, bit you, of a spotter. That sounds like you're not kind that of much a work. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of a spotter. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, you're kind of a spotter. So uh, specifically the first few days when it really gets, it starts to crank up. But it's also good because it's, it's, it's good for the brand. A lot of these people that come around are yearly people. They're annual people with us. And they got to get to know you. And that was the one thing with Ben. Ben had a couple of years where he just didn't get a chance to go. Uh, and, you know, at my previous stint, we didn't have the funding to be able to take additional people with us. It was me and Mike, basically, and that was kind of it. It wasn't Erica, but that was kind of it. But uh, now we've got, you know, a little bit better budget, and we can do certain things. So, uh, hey, if we can put more people out there to cover and to, you know, it's here, – here's a perfect example. Like, uh, when they used to do the Pat McAfee show uh, when he was with, what was it, DraftKings or the other – uh, I don't know if it was DraftKings or... I think he was with FanDuel, whatever. right? FanDuel. Thank you very much. FanDuel, yes. When he was with FanDuel. So Erica would go over and she would wait for A.J. Hawk. Because A.J., if you don't snag him, he bolts. So she would go over and say, hey, Jay, A.J., you want to come on the program? And this, this happened in... Um, God, I can't remember where it was a couple of years ago. But she went over to get A.J. It was in L.A., as a matter of fact, in L.A. So he said, yeah, no problem. I, I know Bill. I'll do the show. And then people pull him in 20 different directions. And before you know it, the next day he's like, oh, man, I forgot. I'm sorry, you know. So she goes over and she stands there and waits for him. Well, that could be 45 minutes. You don't know. So in the meantime, I'm on the air and you and I are talking, but I'm flying alone with people coming up going, hey, I've got this person at this time. I've got this person at this time. What can you do? And I'm like, I don't have a schedule. And you're on I'm the just, air. I, I, right, I'm just gotcha. a monkey, man. I'm just uh, you guys are the you guys are the organ grinders, and I'm just the monkey dancing. So you. that's what happens, and so that way it it just helps and it just enhances the show. Plus, it's something that's a cool experience, and if we can afford to take in, we've got a house big enough to put everybody in it. We're good. Well, and you know, I so, yeah, I, I ask what can I do for you not to understand why I'm going. I, I mean, I get to go to Vegas. I get to go to the Super Bowl. So I just I just want right. to know how I can be helpful. I need to prepare myself to be as, as helpful as possible. And then I get right. to do my show later in the day. But um, yeah. I can be a spotter. Oh, my yeah. God. I can. I That's can what be it great is. at that. Hell yeah. That's what it is. It's just kind of walking around the building, see who's there, find their agents, find their bookers and be good to go. People come that, up to you uh, at your table and I say, you don't talk to Bill, you talk to me. What can I, what can yeah, I do for you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. You know, yeah, that kind of guy. You're, 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 the, you're the bodyguard. But it's and, – and then you'll see when we get there, it's – we've seen a lot of these people that are yearly. And we've known a lot of these radio stations. There's some guys that come from Lubbock, Texas, and they're just great guys. And we've seen them for 15 Mike, – Mike knows them longer than I do, probably 15 years. Uh, there's a guy named Bob uh, Marjanovic. Uh, he is from up in uh, Canada, and I've known Moj for a, a long time. And Moj and his people are great, and he's connected. He knows everybody. He's very connected into the uh, into the West Coast because that's the the the, 
uh, side of the you know Canada that they're on. They cover a lot of Seattle football, uh, so they're out there. We see them. We know a lot of the people from ABC and CBS, and you know a lot of the bookers from the major agencies and such as well. But it's just it's really cool, and it's changed. I, I was in a meeting the other day talking about this because they said, "Well, it's all radio stations, right?" And I said, "Not, not like it used to be. It used to be you'd get anywhere from three hundred to five hundred radio stations. It just it's just lines of tables." of people on the air and that's what it used to be now it's everybody with a podcast i mean last year one of the premier booths was tiktok tiktok had their own booth there on radio row and you could go to the tiktok booth and do your tiktoks and they would help you and edit and all that kind of stuff they would show you how to enhance your tiktok presence but now you've got it like i said it used to be guys doing what we do it was it was you know, usually four guys at a table. It was two guys that were the quote talent. It was an engineer who, a guy who sets everything up and runs the soundboard. And then it was the producer who's out walking around booking the talent. And this was what happened years and years and years ago. We were in New York and when I'm sitting there, I mean, we're, and they had moved this into the Sheridan hotel rather than putting us in the convention center, which was full uh, of the Westminster Abbey dog club. They put us in the Sheridan Hotel Grand Ballroom, and it it was tight. It was small, and it barely. And, and New York didn't give two dams about the Super Bowl. They didn't really want it. New Yorkers, they didn't want it. When we said, "Hey, we're here to cover the Super Bowl," they're like, "Oh God, we can't wait till you guys leave." They couldn't wait to get us out of there. So I'm sitting there and I'm looking, and it's this dark ballroom, and there's a few, you know, there's Sports Illustrated there doing a TV show and a few others. Nothing like it is today, but I'm looking around and I'm thinking. It's all dudes. It's all dudes. And so, you know, and I'm always thinking about what is going to make us stand out. And I've known Erica for, God, I've known Erica since I came into town, so almost 24 years. Uh, and she started out, she was one of our bud girls. Back when I used to do the uh, the huddles guy back in 2000, when we started out doing that, she was one of our bud girls. And she was a model, and then she ended up becoming a sergeant in the Army and the National Guard. And a marketer, I mean, it's this is not an, an idiot by any stretch of the imagination, but when she got into marketing, I'm like, this is perfect. And she's always dressed like she's going clubbing in New York, always. Uh, so I thought, you know what? You put somebody like that, and I hate to be male chauvinistic here, but you put an attractive woman on the floor as a booker, and a lot of these athletes are walking around, they're like, okay, who's that? They all want to meet her. They all want to talk to her. And most of the people that are the bookers for the athletes and for the celebrities, they're all women. The majority of them are women. So they don't mind talking to her. And the athletes are talking to her. And I'll never forget, we were in, uh, was it New York? No, it was after New York. We were in San Francisco. And I looked and literally grabbing onto her belt, her belt loop, holding onto her as she walked to the table was Joe Theismann. I'll follow her wherever you want me to go. Sit here? Okay. And Joe Theismann sat. It was one of the best interviews ever. But Joe Theismann sat down because of her. He followed her over to the table. It was the best move I ever made. Now everybody knows her, so they all look for Erica, and they they book through her. But that's that's years ago. I thought, boy, if you could put somebody in here that's different. So we did. So we did. We put in a smoking hot girl that attracts guys and talks to girls and markets, and that was that was it. So that's how we did it. <laughs> and she's good at it. And she's also a, a social media guru. So 
it doesn't hurt that she's going to have access to the social media accounts and can start doing stuff over there for us as well. But it'll be fun. It'll be fun. We'll have a good time, and uh, our, our group has been together a long time. Uh, and, and this is from uh, Jack. Jack, and I was just kind of reading this as I'm talking. Jack says, hey, Bill, with all those people living under one, one roof, is it always harmonious? No, it's not because uh, everybody's set in their ways. Uh, Mike is Mike is like laser focused. Mike is um, Mike is an iceberg. He is focused in a direction. He moves at his pace. He does his thing. He does it extremely well. Very organized. Extremely well. I mean, you'll be sitting at three in the morning, and you'll kind of wake up, and you'll be bleary eyed, and you'll hear Mike downstairs cutting tape. You know the old the old adage of cutting tape. He's editing the digital that he gets, but he'll be down there doing reports. You know, um, Erica, have, she's had her meltdown moments, too, uh, back when she was breaking up with her boyfriend one time <laughs> when we were when we were traveling. She had her meltdown moment. Uh, Kristen and I have gotten on each other's nerves uh, over the last couple of years at times when you're trying to do everything 100 miles an hour and you're leaving people behind. And so, no, it's not harmonious at all. It's 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 a it's a bunch of people that love each other, that work together and bitch and scream and moan and holler and. You know, it's it's hard enough to pick a restaurant to go to, much less, you know, everybody get their job done. So, uh, But it's fun. We have a great time. Everybody looks forward to it. You know, the minute the trip is over, we get home, we relax, and then two days later we're ready for the next year. So it's it's a great experience. Uh, so you got that to look forward to. There you go. Um, I'll stay out of Mike's way when he's cutting tape. I'll just keep my eyes Mike down. Is, <laughs> Mike loves to talk. Uh, Mike and I have great conversations. There are times – uh, I will buy maybe a bottle of bourbon or some beverages for the house, and I will sit down with a glass at the end of the night of beer, and Mike and I will just talk. And it's just it's, it's just it, like intricacies of the business, of what he hears. Because you hear a lot out there, too. You hear a lot uh, of what's going on. I mean, that's when uh, a couple years ago Fox Sports came to us and approached us with some offers and you know, we had had some things with CBS Sports for a while. And, I mean, just you, you hear a lot about the national business, the local business. We're going to hear from our buddy Scott Farrell uh, from Farrell on a Sports Grid and Farrell on a Bench. Uh, we'll see Scotty out there and his gang. I mean, it's they're great to hang with, and especially Vegas is his town, man. So we'll, he, we'll hear from him. So there will be a lot of good stuff going on, um, a lot of good stuff. Uh, real quick, Pat says, wondering if the people that you book get paid or they do it for free. Um, no, they do it for free. We don't pay anybody. Uh, but usually the people that are there are there for a reason. They're either there to preach about a message, say, you know, uh, addictions or rehab, or uh, they're there for like last year Emmett Smith came over and sat down with us, and he did 10 minutes on the air with us and two minutes about bounty towels because bounty towels are used for to wipe off your fingers from chicken wings because chicken wings are consumed the most in Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, we've got some people that work with the pork rind people, so those sponsors pay them to be there, but they don't pay. We don't pay them, if that answers your question. They're sponsored, and, they're there. and some guys just want to get their message out. They just want to mix and mingle and hang out, you know, and just kind of do what they do. So uh, let's do this. Uh, speaking of doing what they do, Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press Gazette going to join us, and we're going to talk some more Packers football. That is coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Welcome back. Don't forget, we got a watch party coming up this Sunday. We're going to be live. We're going to be down at uh, Nice Ash, 323 West Main Street. Waukesha, Wisconsin. We're going to watch the Packers and the Cowboys. And then it's the Green and Gold Postgame Show live from the Nice Ash coming up after the fact. And hopefully we're talking about maybe the uh, the Packers shocking the world a little bit. But uh, if they can do it, great. If they can't, uh, hey, just the uh, postseason experience alone is good for this type of young team. So we're going to be down there for a watch party coming up uh, this Sunday. Doors open up at noon. Stop on in. You can bring in food from uh, different area restaurants. We're supporting the local restaurants and the local commerce down there in Waukesha. So come on by and say hi if you want to get uh, some good food ideas. You've got People's Park down the street. You've got Jimmy's Grotto, which I absolutely love. Go get yourself a Ponzerata, for gosh sakes. You've got Mama Mia's around the corner. Uh, you've got plenty of different restaurants in that downtown area you can uh, choose from. And then come on in and enjoy yourself. So we're going to be at the Nice Ash coming up this weekend. Um, let's uh, do, do this. Uh, Ryan Wood, uh, PackersNews.com, joining us, uh, covering the Green Bay Packers. And, uh, Ryan, how you doing today, man? Doing good. How's it going, Bill? It's going. Uh, we're just kind of, you know, watching the snow fly like everybody else right now and uh, waiting to see what the, the Packers do this weekend as we, uh, you know, kind of gear up the anticipation. Uh, how big is it, in your opinion, because I've been saying, look, I don't – because there's some people, you know the naysayers, that say, well, well they're only going to get there, only to get their brains beat in. Who cares? To me, I think this is a tremendous feat to not only make it to the postseason, but to go and get that postseason experience for this young team. Do you agree? Well, let's talk about the feat, right? I mean, in, in the first season after Aaron Rodgers, they go to the playoffs? That's, it's stunning. It's really nothing short of stunning that – they can flip over from a Hall of Fame quarterback, introduce the next guy, and the next guy brings him to the playoffs in year one. That NFL teams don't do that. Usually when NFL teams move on from a Hall of Famer, it takes years, if not a decade, to, to be able to do what the Packers just did. So take a second to just reflect on, on how unlikely what this team did this season is but in terms of building for the future, which is what 2023 was always going to be about, yeah, it's it's very significant. I think it's also significant. Like, you know, there's nothing like the playoffs, so this will be good experience for them. But the last two weeks have been de facto playoff games. And what is a playoff game? A playoff game is you win and your season goes on and you lose and your season ends. And if they would have lost in Minnesota, if they would have lost at home against the Bears, their season would have ended. If they win, their season goes on. So this team's already – in some ways, two games into a playoff mentality that, that's very realistically simulated to what the actual playoffs are. Uh, this is excellent experience for the NFL's youngest team to be able to, to build on and grow moving forward, uh, which has to be very exciting for, for this franchise when you look at the next couple years here and, and, and what they might be able to do. As it, It's clear that this team, and starting with the quarterback, is just getting exponentially better almost by the week. And so how does that translate to 2024, 2025? Well, it, it, it sure bodes well, but they've got the, the necessary playoff experience here and, and the play in to the playoff experience here that, that you want to really get for a young team to, to, to be able to know what these moments are like. Talk about the injuries this team has right now and what they may look like in your guesstimation coming up on Sunday. Will they get Christian Watson back? Do you believe that Romeo Dobbs with that chest injury is going to be? Because if they can come back, and I'm not saying coming back at full strength is going to be a great thing. I go back to the, the, the San Francisco 
playoffs a few years ago when they all of a sudden got all their offensive linemen healthy and then they got dump trucked because they couldn't fend off anybody because they were all rusty. So I'm not saying guys that have been sitting a long time and suddenly coming back is a great thing, but if this team can go into this thing at full strength and a full implement of weapons, maybe it does change the, the playing field a little bit in favor of the Packers when it comes to Jordan Love's ability to distribute the football. Yeah, I think we have to be realistic on what Christian Watson coming back this week would mean. I mean he hasn't played since week 13. Mm-hmm. And we saw with Luke Musgrave, who before going on IR was having as good of a rookie season as any rookie tight end in Packers history. He comes back against the Bears, plays very limited, has one catch for 11 yards. So your first game back, you're not, you're not going to be a game changer. There's, there's being in shape go out and play and then there's being in football shape where you can actually go out and produce consistently I I I don't know that we're going to see that from Christian Watson even if he does play this week but certainly it would help and we we there's no way to know if Christian Watson's going to play this week and Matt LaFleur was honest with us after the Bears game but basically was like yeah pulled one over your eyes guys because he he had some gamesmanship on on you know it sort of looked like Christian Watson might return last week and, and Matt Fleur kind of knew all along that he wouldn't. So it's kind of a fool's errand to know what to say what's going to happen with Christian Watson. But I, I would just – I would hesitate to think that it, in his first game back, whenever that does come, if it's this season, that, that he's going to make that big of a difference. Romeo Dobbs, you know, clearly they, they like him to, to be able to be back. And he did get checked out at the hospital after uh, leaving the game uh, Sunday but was back in time to celebrate in the postgame locker room. But even if Romeo Dobbs is back, what is he now? He's, he's, he might be their fourth receiver, you know. Uh, Jaden Reese is their top receiver right now. Dontavian Wicks is is clearly uh, submitted himself in this offense. Uh, then it's Romeo Dobbs, and, he, you know, you still got Malik Heath, who's, who's been a, a – and, and Bo, Bo Melton. Melton. Both been, you know, they, they've both been very, very vital to this late-season run that they've had. So – uh, the, the depth that this receiving core has is as astonishing as anything. Because in October, when this team looked like it might have a top five pick, what was the name that everyone was saying? If, okay, if this team's in the top five, you go get Marvin Harrison Jr. And now, not only are they clearly not going to be in the top five, but they're good at, at, at the pass-catching positions. I mean, they've got a lot of other issues and needs that they need to address this offseason. But they've got a young core of pass-catchers that they can let grow together and it sure seems like there's a lot of potential there uh i yesterday we talked about uh, the last couple of drafts and i know mid-season i had questioned what level of talent there was on the field specifically the defensive side of the football and now it's starting to materialize where you're seeing them play with stunts and blitzes and more aggression and more man coverage and now I, because it, it, it for a while i started to look at goody and say yeah, man do you have you drafted well and now you start to go, maybe they did draft pretty well. Maybe there is quite a bit of talent here. May, you know, so what do you think changed, defensively speaking specifically, since that, just before that Pittsburgh game, when this team was just seemingly foundering at that point? Well, defensively, they switched things up the past couple of weeks. They've played with aggressiveness that they haven't always played with. Uh, Joe Barry's biggest biggest priority as a defensive coordinator is don't give up big plays. And for the most part, they've done a good job in that regard. They've done a good job with priority number one. This is not a defense 
this side of Baker Mayfield, right? And there's, there's always one-offs. But other than that week, this is not a defense that gives up a ton of big plays. But the cost of that is that they, they haven't been very aggressive. And down the stretch, especially these past two weeks, when they've given up 19 combined points to the Vikings and Bears with their season on the line, they, they've played with an aggressiveness from a play-calling standpoint. There's been more blitzing, especially on second down, you know, not waiting for third down to get after the quarterback. There's been just a different mentality of the guys on the field. I thought the most impressive thing defensively against the Bears is that this, this is what it looks like when you have a plan, you work on a plan all week in practice, and then you go execute that plan. What I mean by that, to, to sack Justin Fields five times and hold him to 3.4 yards per rush, that's hard to do, especially against this quarterback. Because this side of Lamar Jackson, there, there's not a, a tougher quarterback in the league to pass rush because you get one step out of your, your rush lane and he could break it for 50 yards. And they never let him do that. And time and time again, this defensive front had a clean shot on Justin Fields, which if you play defensive line, like that's what you dream for, a clean shot on the quarterback – other than that, it's not a, it's not the most fun position to play defensive line, but every once in a while you get to smash the quarterback, and that's what that's what's great about that position. And each time that they had that clean shot, they broke down, they stopped their feet, they shuffled. They they I talked with Kenny Clark after the game. He's like in his head, he's like, you don't have to hit this guy that hard. Just get him on the ground. That's enough. And they were able to do that time and time again. They executed the plan. So. I'm not saying this defense has turned a corner because this defense can go and lay an egg any week. You never know what's going, when it's going to happen. But there are worse ways to go into the postseason, especially against this really, really good Dallas Cowboys offense, than having actually executed your plan, had a play, having a plan in place, and going out and having two really good weeks on that side of the ball. The, uh, the defense, now we talk about the offseason and what you may or may not want to pick up. I, look, to me, whatever's best available, get. You can never have too many weapons. But I agree with you. There's some other areas that are of concern. Jair comes back. He now says he wants to be a Packer. He wants to stay here. There was a lot of speculation about something going on behind the scenes. Give me your thoughts about some of the defensive spots on this team, and let's start with Jair and what he's kind of gone through this season to get from point A to point B. Well, the crazy thing with Jair Alexander is you didn't notice him. On, on Sunday, and when you don't notice Jair Alexander, that's a good thing, kind of like an offensive mm-hmm. lineman, right? right? Because that means that he wasn't getting thrown to. Other than that target in the end zone that, that he forced an incompletion on, I, I can't remember Jair Alexander getting thrown to. And when Jair Alexander's on, that's what happens. He shuts down half the field. You don't even test that guy. So he came back in, in, in a lot of ways with a vengeance. And a focused Jair Alexander is a very dangerous thing for the Packers to have in their pocket because he's one of the few corners in the league that can shut down half the field. There's a reason why the Packers made him the highest-paid cornerback in the league. We haven't seen it much this year, but it is still there. And he showed that Sunday against Justin Fields. So now this is a huge week for him, right? Because how many times is he going to be matched up against C.D. Lamb? And what's the quickest way that the Packers could lose a grasp on this on this playoff game is letting C.D. Lamb go off for 150-plus. So this is a big week for Jair Alexander, but it does seem like He's a very driven, motivated guy at this point coming off the suspension. Uh, that, that's a good thing for this Packers defense to have. The uh, the guys in the linebacking core, I see uh, you know, a guy like Quay Walker being used a little bit differently, being a little more free, uh, and he seems to really enjoy kind of that newfound freedom and the, the ability to get after it rather than playing back and coverage and being on your heels. 
he's actually progressed over the last couple of weeks, and a lot more so to where he's actually making plays in front of him rather than tracking him down from behind. Yeah, he's vitally important to this defense. When he's on, there's just not a lot of linebackers in this league with the, the athleticism and the range of Quay Walker and, and also the versatility. You can use him in blitz. You can, you can bring him off the edge. You can bring him through the A-gap. Uh, and, and his sack, I mean, we talk, talk about knowing the plan and executing it. His sack on Justin Fields came from being a quarterback spy. And if you watch that play, four seconds after the snap, He's still at the line of scrimmage spying Justin Fields. He's following the plan. It wasn't until Justin Fields stepped out of a potential Preston Smith sack and the play started to break down that Quay Walker decided to pull that trigger and say, okay, go get him now. It was four seconds after the snap. So when you've got an athletic linebacker like that that knows the plan, knows the opponent, and is able to execute whatever his responsibility is play to play, that's – that that's the big boost to the defense. Hey, real quick before I let you go, I mean, I know that uh, Jordan Love has certainly progressed, but you go back over the last four, five, six weeks, it was like all of a sudden everything just the tumblers started to click. Do you attribute that to doing the Monday night thing and everybody getting on the same page when he brings the receivers to his house and they're talking about camaraderie and such, or was there something else? Is there are, are we not giving Tom Clements enough credit for maybe settling down the feet and the hops at the top of the drop? It's a lot of things. It's not just one thing. For, for a young quarterback to have this drastic of a turnaround midseason, we watched him go from a question mark to a top 10 quarterback in this league almost overnight. And so, yeah, the, the leadership of, you know, he, he's, when, when things were going wrong in October, he's texting group, group texts to the position leaders in, in, in each position of the offense saying, hey, tell your guys we're going to meet. We're going to talk about these things. We're going to set the expectations. We're going to share perspectives, and we're going to discuss how to actually get to the standard of play we want to be. That That's good to see for a young guy. Tom Clements deserves a lot of credit. There's no question that – and Jordan Love still has room to grow with his footwork. But what we've seen is a young guy buy into the fundamentals required to play the position, especially from a footwork perspective. And it's grown a lot since he was drafted a few years ago. I, he, nothing's developed more than, than his ability to, to have Chris footwork in and out of the pocket. I think the biggest thing, though, is just the talent. And we see the talent. The talent is there. Not everyone is talented enough to play this position at the level that Jordan Love is playing. There's a reason why he was a first-round pick. And once he got a, you know, he, he had three years to learn the offense, to develop and, and, and really get a, a good grasp of the playbook, he came into the season with that. And once he had enough reps under his belt and, and he's seen enough live snaps to be able to process, we've seen that talent take over. And, and that's, that's the exciting thing. He, there's, there's not a lot that he can't do on, on the field, and there's not a lot of quarterbacks that you can say that about. So uh, you want to talk about a promising future. I mean, it starts with Jordan Love. Ryan, always great stuff. We appreciate it. They can read your stuff at PackersNews.com, and we'll talk to you again real soon, man. I appreciate it, okay? All right, take care. Thanks again. There you go. Ryan Wood and uh, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. Always great to get him on and pick his brain a little bit. Let's do this. We'll step out, take a quick break. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
This time of year, you're not thinking about patios or boats, upholstery, travel trailers, stuff, none of that. But if you're thinking about maybe redoing your office furniture or something inside your home, maybe getting a new awning out in front of your business, maybe the snow's starting to take a little bit of a, a toll on it. I told you the cold was going to get here. It was going to get kind of nasty. Think about our buddy Dwayne, D-U-A-N-E, Dwayne's Cover It All up in Wausau, and you can send them all the measurements, everything you need. Get a hold of them, 715-870-2119. Again, boat covers, upholstery, awnings, gym equipment, office furniture. I can go on and on and on. He can do it all. Does it great. Does it great. But you can't do anything, and you can't get a quote. You can't get anything if you don't call. 715-870-2119. 715-870-2119. You can see all the work that he does by following him on Facebook. Or just go to Dwayne's, D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. That is Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. Great stuff uh, up there in uh, Wausau and uh, Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. The, uh, we'll get into a lot of different stuff coming up here a little bit uh, in a little bit when it comes to some of the, more of the sound inside the locker room. The, uh, we got Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus going to be joining us. Uh, also in the last hour of the program, Jim Ozarski of the Journal Sentinel covering the Bucks and what the hell's going on with the Bucks. Uh, Giannis imploring even the equipment manager has to wash our clothes better, which was a great moment, uh, by the way. And then we got Mike Clemens that's going to take us out the rest of the way again today, and we're going to get to a, a few more things, a little more in-depth with Mike today. Going back to that, what I was talking about regarding uh, Giannis, Giannis said uh, we got to play better, uh, we got to be better, we have to defend better, we have to trust one another better, we have to be coached better. Every single thing, everybody has to play, be better. Everybody, it starts from the equipment manager. He has to watch, wash our clothes better. The bench has to be better. The leaders of the team have to be more vocal. Uh, we have to make more shots. We have to defend better. We have to have better strategy. Uh, we have to be better. We've got four months to get better, so let's see. Giannis basically saying everybody around us needs to be better, but twice in there he talks about leaders being more vocal, and he talks about strategy and being coached better. So not just – I mean, he included himself in there, So which you always appreciate. You never want anybody spraying the, you know, the finger around but never pointing it at yourself. But he was, he was uh, basically laying out, saying that, that this isn't good enough. And so we were talking about that a little bit earlier. Uh, this team has a – it's almost like they just believe they're going to win without doing anything. Like they're just going to throw out the, the basketballs and – they're just going to concede that the Bucks are the better team and they're going to walk away with it, and that's not the case. And teams are learning really quick. You can get up and down the floor on these guys. They look old. They don't hustle. They don't defend worth a damn. They don't even have the heart to defend. They just don't. And so, you know, Giannis kind of, you know, stepping up and opening the mouth a little bit and saying, hey, now I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but basically saying, hey, we got to be coached better. we got to be more coachable we got to take, take all this to heart, and everybody in this organization has got to take a step up and be better. And uh, now, you know, the Bucks get the 112-108 defeat at the hand of the Rockets, uh, which was their third loss in the last four games. And uh, Giannis, uh, Giannis is tired of it. So, and Giannis the other night had a triple-double, and he, looked, he did have some you know, areas where at times you watched him, just like everybody else, you know, trotting back down the floor, you know, not – the level of hustle you would see. But you can't really point the finger at Giannis and go, you're not doing your job because Giannis is doing his job But and trying to kind of lift everybody else up. But I think part of the problem has been this team just relies upon Giannis. 
He has to carry the load. And you know that going in, but he needs help. You can't win a championship by yourself. Just because Giannis is there, you're going to get to the postseason. Doesn't mean you're going to win a championship. And that's the thing is you get get a lot of guys looking at Giannis going, go ahead, take it over. You know, and there are times with the way he shoots from the outside when he brings the basketball up and he shoots from the outside and he'll take a first first step jump shot. Guys are like, should we continue to pass the ball around or not? You know, I, I, I think it's, who's going to have enough balls in the organization to go, stop shooting beyond the arc, your game is inside and distribution, and do your job inside. You're that guy. Your giant Euro step and getting to the hoop and getting – getting the boards and, and all that. That's your, that's your game. Stay in your lane. Who's going to have enough balls to tell him that? Who? So everybody looks at him like, okay, here you go. Here's the ball. You do your thing and then let us know if you want us to help. So part of it's it, the innate problem of having that level of superstar on your team. But he's right. Everybody needs to step up and be better. So Bucks have their own issues. Uh, let's do this uh, because we went a little bit long with Ryan Wood. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get back more into this. Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus joining us coming up in the next hour. Stay right where you're at. More. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. out the window and uh, we all know it's here which means you know you got to make sure that the the furnace is working the boiler is working and maybe you're starting to think to yourself god i would love to have floor heat i'd love to have heat in the garage as the car comes in and it's all full of blech and i want to get it melted in there a lot of different things think about our friends out there i might even see them uh, craig and the gang coming up tomorrow night out at uh, flipside pub and grill in lacrosse every plumbing and heating in lacrosse triple and roan vernon and jackson counties Say hi to those guys. Korean War War veteran Clayton Every started it back in 1969. It's now third generation. And they do so much, and they're growing, and they're hiring. I mean, that's the kind of company you want to work with and uh, kind of partner with when it comes to your home's heating and air conditioning and electrical and plumbing needs. 608-783-2803. 608-783-2803. That is every plumbing and heating in La Crosse. Uh, technically, they're in on Alaska, but give them a call. They cover the whole area out there, and they're great people. And to tell them we said hi. And who knows, maybe you, if you come and share a beverage tomorrow night out at Flipside Pub and Grill, you might even see them there as well. We've got uh, breaking news coming out of the National Football League. Uh, the uh, Tennessee Titans have fired their head coach, uh, Mike Vrabel. So now six openings persist in the National Football League. And also, Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, the highly um, praised defensive coordinator coming out of the New York Giants organization, him and uh, Brian Dable, their head coach, could not get along. And so Wink Martindale is expected to resign by the end of day today. The end of day today. So uh, he'll be out on the open market. Uh, Vrabel's out there. We're waiting word in New England. It sounds like, Grant, tell me if I'm wrong. 
Did you read the transcript and listen to what Bill Belichick had to say and what's coming out of New England? It sounds like Belichick really wants to stay. Based on what he said, he's like, I'm under contract. You know, whatever the team needs to win. I I think he's assuming that he's going to come back. And if the Patriots don't want him there, they're going to have to fire him. I think that's the situation that they're in. That's how I read it, at least. He did say, look, whatever's best for the team, if it's me, you know, relinquishing the GM job, you know, and I'm, I'm Cliff Notes versioning it here, but it sounded like he was just like, whatever I got to do to get the team better, I'll do. It didn't sound like Bill had this magnanimous ego that was going to say, me give up being the general manager, go F yourself. No, I'm Bill Belichick. He didn't sound like that at all. He was probably the most – um. Because Bill Belichick press conferences are painful, painful. But it sounded about the most open he's been in a long time. In a long time. And he to me, it sounded like he wanted to stay. Now, do I think he will? I think it's a long shot. But it sounded like he was very open to, hey, if you really believe I can still coach, and I think I can, I want to stay and we'll do whatever else around the team we need to do to 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 get this team back on track, we'll do it. But it sounded like he really wanted to stay. At least that was my take on it. I think now, Bill I Belichick be is still a great coach. Preparing Monday through Friday, I think he's still a great defensive play caller and coach on Sundays. The team just isn't any good. And that's partly Belichick's doing, right? Because he's the general manager. So even if New England thinks he's still a great coach, we still want him, they need to figure out personnel. And Bill Belichick at his age might not fit the timeline. If the Patriots are doing a little rebuild and they want to be good in, you know, say three years or two years from now, well, where does Belichick stand there? Are they going to have to turn around and get a new coach at some point anyway? And if they draft a young Mm -hmm. quarterback, do they want to stick him with Belichick? It's very messy and it goes a lot deeper than whether Belichick can still coach or not. I don't think that's the issue. Um, here's the question. And, and I, I was thinking about this last night. Now I kind of thought Vrabel was going to be out, but if would Vrabel go and be the next in line for the head coaching job in new England? And then would you bring back Josh McDaniel who like undeniably they've had offensive success when he's been there. Would you bring him back and help him work with the young quarterbacks? Vrabel would be there, and then, you know, you just got to figure out – because defensively, they're still pretty good. I mean, that's Bill's forte. And then maybe you've got another head coach or two guys there that have had head coaching experience. Vrabel more success than McDaniel. But McDaniel runs the offense. Vrabel's kind of like the assistant head coach. He's the guy that's next in line. And Bill Belichick very – rather than abruptly – very smoothly, once he gets his record, can transition off to Vrabel being the next head coach of the New England Patriots. So would Vrabel be willing to hang out as a Belichick that's assistant? A or a, that's, that's, that's a good messy. question. That's messy. I don't know. Because I, I, I bet there's a couple teams that would give him the head coaching job right now that would right. be interested. They're not the Patriots. It's not home to Vrabel, but I think he right. could have a head coaching job if he wants one, totally. And it's still no word out of Chicago. you got to assume that Eberflus is safe. So that eliminates Harbaugh from going to Chicago. So does Harbaugh look hard out in L.A. at the Chargers job? I know Mark Davis was talking about wanting to at least speak with him regarding the uh, the interim head coach and such, Antonio Price or Pierce, and what's going on out there in Vegas. Uh, does he take a look at that, or does he stay, you know, with the, the Michigan Wolverines? 
and not venture back into the NFL. A lot of stuff going on. We'll talk with Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus coming up. Stay right where you're at. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up after this.